Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the FPL Hangover podcast where we raised a bar and lowered a tone, all things FPL related. Please allow me to introduce my podcast partner in crime, Seamus, how are you getting on my friend? Alrighty, I'm good. How are you? How did you enjoy tonight's game? Uh, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, did you appreciate my, my intro this week? It wasn't too long-winded for you, was it? Succinct. I like it. Succinct. You know me now, Joe. I don't like long-winded. Yes, I know, I know. Succinct to, to the point, Seamus. Succinct and to the point, just like this episode shall be. We're coming at you with a bite-sized episode this week. Uh, basically, the quick turnaround fixtures uh, and all that, it's kind of forced our hand a little bit. So we're going to just do a quick review of Game Week 30 and uh, look forward to Game Week 31. Hopefully we'll get another full-length episode out on Thursday evening, at least recorded Thursday evening, and that should be able to review Game Week 31 in depth and really get soak in all the FPL atmosphere. Seamus, how was Return of the Man for you? Uh, yeah, it's brilliant having it back, isn't it? I mean, we're we're just back. We've both broken 100 points, you know, balls. I think we're both quite happy. We've made some nice big green arrows, but you have to wonder, are we just gaining green arrows on people who forgot that FPL was back and didn't do their team? You, uh, that's a good, good uh, way to start off the show. Like, you would have talked to people outside of the FPL community, normals, as you call them, and... Do do you feel there was kind of a hesitancy to come back anywhere, or were were your mates raring to go? No, there was definitely people coming back. Um, I mentioned it, you know me anyway. Um, people know that FPL is kind of my thing in in certain groups, so I mentioned it in in different groups I'm in to try and kind of go, hey guys, remember games are back this week. Do your FPL team. Guess what? Unlimited transfers, just so people knew. Ugh, you're um, such a nerd. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to... It feels better when I beat these people if I know they're engaged more. Yeah, I can go, what do you mean you didn't make a transfer in eight game weeks? You, I, I reminded you last week and you did make a transfer. So it just makes it all the sweeter to rub it in then. No, um, but I made uh, reminded people and uh, yeah, many people went off, did their teams. But I could sense in different messages with people saying, oh, I forgot how much of a ball ache fantasy football is. Yeah. That, that had been stated. Um, as you can imagine, because it's like you need to kind of plan, you know, where, how are you going to do your bench boosts? What are you going to do with your unlimited transfers? Like it's a wild card, basically. So you kind of need to plan it for further down the line for game, like two or three game weeks down the line. And um, yeah, fl- we took our time and we, we did okay with it, hopefully. Um, but I don't know how other people did. On the flip side of that, I mean, there were, I think with the unlimited transfers and the fact that it was like a nine week intense uh, Premier League experience. I think there could be something said for playing it a little bit loosey-goosey. I'd like to think that I approached my uh, my team a little bit kind of more with my heart or instead of my head, you know, and just because I wanted to kind of, I suppose, I didn't really feel like there was much pressure on because it's kind of FPL mad, mad season right now. Yeah, we kind of know we've we've discussed this ourselves, and we kind of already said whatever happens this season, whether you win it, whether I win it, our mini league that is, or um, you know whether somebody else wins it, wins it. I think there's going to be a big asterisk next to the name, yeah. and which is kind of unfair if somebody else wins it. I mean, I'm sure, like the, the, we're second and third in our mini league respectively, and uh, Emmett is number one, and he has been number one for a while for a few weeks now, and he got a big lead just before 
this has uh, finished. So if he does win it, I don't know. There won't literally be an asterisk next to the trophy, and we'll say fair play. But uh, yeah, there there will be uh, a weird feeling if you if we win it or if anything like that happens. It will feel like yeah, the rules changed halfway. We got unlimited transfers. Double game weeks were shifted around and. Yeah, you know. I suppose I'd love to talk to people after this all said and done and kind of see how they wrapped up their, their mini leagues, what was the kind of... Because, you know, some people take this very, very seriously, super competitively. Uh, I'd imagine we'd be kind of super competitive about it. And there's some leagues with lots of cash at play. And, you know, I'm thinking, fuck, like, what were the different uh, arguments that broke out and fucking solutions that they devised? You've seen a few of them, like, uh, you know, just nine weeks kind of we only count the points for this week kind of thing that that was the solution i've seen a few people say that we scrap everything and we just count it or we just counted from where it ended you know that kind of way null and void it like yeah i've seen uh leagues where you know cash leagues where they just refunded everyone their money which would be a sickener if you're a top or something like that in your league there or the top two and also there's um you know how does it work if some people don't play the same just standard um leagues that we do some people play head-to-head leagues yeah. so if we're playing head-to-head leagues fixtures are changed all over the place and draft i know draft is a bit of a nightmare draft is i, I picked up a few shnaky boys there on draft over the uh the lockdown period oh, yeah. um, so not everyone's playing the the same you know standard games we're playing but yeah it's exactly. good to have it back all the same i mean let, let, let's get back to the positives. We both broke 100, I think, exactly. for the first time this season. Yeah. I'm trying to be really humble and not too braggy about it at the start of the show because first, for a start, I'd imagine 100. There was quite a high average uh, you know, total score this week. What Do you have that there in front of you, Seamus? Uh, I can find it here real quick. The average for the top 10K was 95 points. That's huge. And uh, the average for the, the overall game was 65. So you got to like remember, there's so many dead teams in there and people did make unlimited transfers that that's why that's, there's such a big disparity there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got 103, which is eight above the average. But I'm like, I'm just delighted. I, 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 that's eight above the top 10K average. Um, and considering I was at 141K starting the game week, that's given me a nice big green arrow. Um, and it could have been bigger. It could have been bigger. Yeah, so with that, let's, that's enough positivity, Seamus. We've just spent at least two minutes, two full minutes basking in it. What was your low point this week? What was my low point this week? Um, God, did we prepare this before? <laughs> I'm struggling to remember. No, oh, but I, I mean... know what my low point is. I know what my low point is. It was um, finding out Fleck was injured or likely to be injured uh, and not going to be included in the team uh, sheet for the Wednesday night game against Aston Villa yeah. and saying fuck it I'll just keep him anyway you know what what, what am I going to do just transfer him to Cantwell kept him in the team said you know what he might play the second game then seeing Wolves keep a clean sheet and Roman Sice my first sub being on seven points I played the free hit so I wasn't playing a bench boost seeing Roman Sice with seven points on the bench and kind of going you know what if Fleck doesn't play I've got this and then just seeing this, the, the starting lineup yeah. that was pretty disappointing but, I mean, I had a very positive week, so that's probably the most disappointing thing that happened. So how did you approach this week? Just for, I suppose, sometimes I forget this. <laughs> you and me have chatted for half an hour before before recording, but how did you approach this week in the end, just quickly? Uh, my team was well set up for game week 31+, plus, so I thought the best option would be to free hit because I didn't have a wild card to bench boost this week and then wild card back into a good team for game week 31+. plus. Yeah. So 
yeah, I mean, the team I made was a free hit team. And I got rid of the likes of, I got rid of a lot of players who actually scored points as it turns out. But thankfully that means I'm getting players in form back next week. Got rid of Ings, scored 11 points. Got rid of Bruno. Again, knowing it was just for one game week. Didn't want to transfer him out on a wild card or unlimited transfers because I knew I would want him back for the run-in. Um, I went with Sterling in the end who got one point more in my free hit. Um, I got rid of Trent, another person I would never get rid of with unlimited transfers. Again, just for that. But um, yeah, I brought in lots of players who did well. So I still got over, I guess, got 103 points from 11 players, 12, I guess, if you include um, captaincy. I got the right captain decision, so that was good. Yeah, you did. You got you smashed the captaincy, De Bruyne. It was a big difference between myself and yourself this week. I mean, you must have been beaming after City and Arsenal. Uh, you know, what was that, the second night back? Or was that, no, that was the, the uh, first night back. back. Yeah, yeah first second night game, back. yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I had gone from 141k up to 83k that night. And then as the games went down, like Friday night's game, I think it dropped back to 90, 95k. Saturday after Saturday's games, I was, because I had a few Wolves players there too. Shout out to McDarty and Jimenez for getting me points. Um, those players uh, then brought me to like 85k again. And then after Sunday, Sunday was a bit of a washout. And tonight I was like, right, I was on 97 points going into this game with three players, including my captain to play. I was certain I was going to get break the 100 point barrier. You know, then I got the team sheet news and Pep had made eight changes. Yeah. And yeah, Aguero I had playing, but I didn't really want to do too well because I knew a lot of people had him captain, but his uh, effective ownership wasn't too high. So I was like, as long as he doesn't score like 15 points, I'm happy. He got, what, four, was it? Um, yeah. So uh, that's okay. Um, that got me over the 100 point mark. And then my captain, De Bruyne, came on for a couple of extra points. So. Yeah. So, I mean, like De Bruyne did, what did he deliver this week? A grand total of 15 points, I believe? Yeah, 15. So, but he had not... 14 after the first game, which would have been, which he could have easily been on 20 had he started. You know, they scored five today. You have to think he would have played a part in some of those goals if he didn't come on when they were which, really playing for nothing. With Chelsea and Liverpool ahead uh, before a nice run for Man City, but, you know, we both know that the league could be kind of well and truly wrapped up by then. Chelsea and Liverpool up next. Do you... Like, do you foresee yourself holding on to much more Man City assets? You know, other than KDB, I think we both agree that KDB is... He's locked in my team going forward, at least until yeah. I start seeing that the league may be over, you know? Well, you're in a different position because you used your unlimited transfers and now I think you're using your wildcard this week? Uh, yeah, right? yeah. Well, I suppose I, I could talk about my team, Seamus, you know? Because uh, yeah, I only have De Bruyne in my team. With, with the free hit team reverting back to what it was, I only have De Bruyne from Man City, so... You literally could have like three Man City players if you want. So what do you think of Man City? Yeah, I'm like, in terms of how the double game week went for me with Man City, I went with a KDB, Mares, Aguero uh, kind of triple up. And I did captain Aguero, which, you know, wasn't the worst, I suppose, when you count the fact that he only played like a grand total of, I don't know, 50 minutes, 55 minutes, <laughs> give or take, and uh, squeezed two assists in those 55 minutes. Uh, but going forward, like as far as I'm concerned with City, I think KDB, yeah, for the price I paid from 9.5, um, even for the 10, 10.6 he's at now, is he 10.6, 10.7? I mean, he seems to be, you know, just a step above. Uh, he so looks many. so good against Arsenal. He yeah, looked- just so good. Like 
who was someone in our group chatting? Steve was saying, like, oh, he looks like he's not fit or anything like that. I was like, he looks absolutely fine. And anytime he got on the ball, he would just, the ball would come to him, drop his shoulder, all of a sudden, all this space would uh, open up. Passing, yeah, passing wasn't as sharp as it normally is. Um, I think. I think he was a bit sloppy but, the first 20 minutes, but like by, by uh, halftime, you just forgot about those kind of couple of... And how would you blame someone for being a little bit rusty after coming back from such a break, you know? Uh, either way, yeah. he did deliver for his owners, and I think I'd be holding on to him going forward. Aguero, he limped off this evening, halftime. Jesus, more than capable of uh, stepping in, that would have brought Jesus's minutes to, what, he played 45 this evening, and... Something like eighty on in the first game, so quite yeah. a, a significant amount of time on the pitch. Not so much significant amount of returns. <laughs> Depending how serious this injury is for uh, De Bruyne, yeah. uh, for excuse me, Aguero, that, this could be the last time we see Aguero this season. You never know. I mean, he. Then again, I said it to you beforehand. He's never been the sort of guy to play through pain. He's always yeah. the sort of guy that if he feels any bit of pain, he's. He turns to the side and he's making that hand motion. Yeah, you know, time time to come off. Um, yeah, but I guess he knows his body. But at the same time, yeah, when he's like that, I mean, does that mean he's potentially going to miss the the running? You know, are they going to take any risk? Maybe going to save him for the Champions League, which is going to be in August. You know, you could see a lot more minutes from Jesus. Yeah, I think it's worth knowing this week with City, we saw two clean sheets: one against Arsenal, one against Burnley. Um, I know Laporte started and got his clean sheet in the first game came uh, on as a substitute in the second game, so didn't reap any benefits of that clean sheet. But I think everyone knew that that was the most likely scenario with Laporte. And to ref- you know the opposite side of that, people kind of expected Ederson to be the, the sure thing, and he was uh, two clean sheets. Oh, um, I mean, I, I, that, he would have been the defender I would have went with, uh, Ederson. I did consider Laporte. I actually considered... Otamendi as well at one stage Oof. but uh, in the end I was like I can't overlook Henderson my boy Henderson and like he came in with 13 points for me this week so I was absolutely delighted with that I was surprised that you didn't have him in your team I must admit yeah I mean this is kind of what I was alluding to at the top of the show is that I kind of wanted to approach my wild card with a as I said like more my heart like for this week for me it was very much a okay, I'm getting in players that I really don't intend on carrying over. And I didn't expect to get Lundstrom back once I sold him for 4 million. I thought that was him done probably forever in FPL for me in regards to the fact that next year he'll be a midfielder and he'll probably be something like 6.5, not as short of starts, and I won't be touching him. (laughs) You know, so this this could have been the last week for me that Lundstrom ever sits in my FPL team. So I wanted to get him in and... I did that at the expense of Henderson, you know, budget-wise. And yeah, did not work out, but I did that a bit with Aguero as well. You know, I, I didn't really... I wanted Sterling. My head was saying Sterling this week, who, you know, only turned out delivered two points more than Aguero, but it's yeah. still, my head was saying Sterling, but I wanted Aguero. I was like, no, double game week. This kind of makes it easier for me, especially the captaincy, because I was like, I want to just... I'm, I'm captain Aguero because I won't have him in my team after game week 30 and I'm not yes. so I suppose like going back to the original question like how do we see Man City assets going forward no it's I don't plan on having Aguero going forward but I am I'm not too disappointed with the week on by there is the kind of the curveball of Maris who delivered a smashing return this game week uh, double digits said 
I was expecting for Laporte owners, <laughs> you know, in, in the, like, I was just going, oh, he was, this, this is the man, the, the, the double digit Man City Hall that people were kind of expecting. What was it, a grand total of 21 points in two game weeks? 21, yeah. <clears throat> Assist in the first game. Um, obviously, you got clean sheets in points in both of them as well. So we got six and then uh, 15 in the second game with two goals. Was a bit lucky that he was the penalty taker for the second goal. I agree. We're lucky in the fact that, in the sense that, like, they weren't claiming or looking for a penalty. Um, I thought it was not a clear and obvious error. Isn't that what they're checking for? Clear and obvious errors. Um, like, you could, like, one angle look like me got something on the ball. Another, another angle looked like he got nothing on the ball. But the fact that no players were even calling or claiming for it, I'm not even sure why they're even checking those. Um, yeah, I guess he was injured. So, but like the injury shouldn't be like checked for a penalty if that's the but, case. But with going back to Maris, I mean, going forward, I have him in my team now. He's at a really nice price point, like mid eight, mid eights, eight point seven or something like that. Yeah. I'm looking at the likes of. I'm coming into my wildcard as we already mentioned. And I'm looking at the options that are out there. You're looking at your Fernandez. A lot of Man United midfielders are, are cropping up. Fernandez, Pogba, uh, Martial. Yeah. They're all handy. They're all nice prices. And like for one of my drafts in the wild cards, I have a double Man United midfield of Martial and Fernandez. But I could make Martial Maris if I wanted. You know, if I was kind of spreading my spreading yeah. my seed, so so to say. Uh, your portfolio. Diversifying my portfolio. That's that's the nice professional way of putting it. So exactly, I could, but the, the fixtures just don't look that nice for me in regards to Man City. That was kind of why I tripled up on them for the double game week because I knew I didn't want any of an away match to Chelsea, which I fully expect them to win. But I have no fucking idea what team they're going to play. Um, yeah. And, uh, totally yeah. agree with you. The um, Man United fixtures look so much more appetizing. If I just pull them up here real quick. Um, the only game I can see them not really winning or not expected to win here would be Leicester away in game week 38. The next toughest game would probably be Crystal Palace away in 36. But like their next five games, Sheffield United at home, who won't have Henderson because he's ineligible. Egan, who's sent off. Um, they're just, uh, and O'Connell, who may still be missing. Yeah. They are missing some big players in that defense. And last time they played them, it was Triol. Um, they're in a much better position right now. I fully expect United to score two or three goals past them that game. Then Bournemouth away, or sorry, Brighton away, excuse me, before Bournemouth at home and Aston Villa away, three of the worst teams in the league. Southampton at home, yeah, Southampton actually played really well the weekend and uh, could be, you know, could give them a bit of a, a tough game, but it is at Old Trafford, so I expect them to win that. West Ham at home, they're playing some of the worst teams in this league, yeah, so I do not think doubling up is a bad idea, even though I don't particularly like Martial. He did have a good chance to score that um, Lloris made an excellent was doing his typical Martial thing. Really frustrating to watch if you own him. Yeah. Um, just spends large parts of the games drifting, not being involved, might drop into midfield. And you're like, why are you not in the box? But can easily pop up with a couple of goals here. So it might be a bad option. Uh, Pogba is a really interesting choice. He is. I am. What, is, what are your thoughts on Pogba? Like, I know last week in the Drunk Tank, we had, uh, I believe it was FPL Rogue mentioned uh Pogba as a kind of a sneaky option towards game week 32, 33. How do you feel about that? Didn't start, did he? No, he didn't, but wouldn't isn't that something you'd expect maybe to change based on the, the difference yeah. in performance once he came on? 
Yeah, I'd expect him to get more minutes. Um, it was against Spurs, so they might have had a bit more of a tactical plan. I guess against these upcoming teams, they will expect teams to sit back and they'll have to break them down. So they want the more creative players in there. So I expect him to get minutes. Um, whether he starts against Sheffield United is questionable, but certainly by the game after that, I expect him to start. And yeah, uh, I'll be watching the press conferences um, with Ernest to see if, uh, if he's somebody I want to get in there because I have mentioned I might get Son in because Spurs have some nice fixtures coming up too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that kind of, that plan to get Son in might involve getting rid of Salah because I am kind of considering when will I want to get rid of my Liverpool assets when they've won the league, but they've got players who might be going for records, goals, records and things like that. And but, maybe yeah. I want to keep Salah. I don't know. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Liverpool there and nice segue into their nil-nil performance against Everton this week. Oddly enough, the the bigger the bigger talking biggest talking points or at least the most notable talking points coming out of that from an FPL perspective, I think is how sharp DCL and Richardson looked, uh, price point in mind, uh, for Everton. Not so much the case for Liverpool. No, Liverpool never really looked truly like scoring in that game. Um, Everton didn't really for large parts either they struggled to get their attack going until kind of Lovren came on yeah. <laughs> and Charleston was able to kind of target him and draw him into one-on-ones and he kind of passed him a few times uh, really Everton, uh, Liverpool were much more comfortable in the game but Everton should have won it late on they yeah, really I think... should have they had the best chances there wasn't a whole lot of quality in the game it was a really boring game but uh, as you said um, Cavaloon and Richardson didn't get any service for most of that game when they got a bit of service, they did look dangerous. So yeah, they just looked lively, even you know when they weren't. They were dealing with basically just a lot of long balls, uh, you know, kind of trying to to hold it up or, or win win the knock-ons. And uh, I don't know, they just looked hungry. I thought both so of them. many times the ball was just knocked up to them, and Van Dyke was just winning the headers. And like no one's going to give out, to, no one's going to complain that Van Dyke is beating you to headers. He's a monster in the air. But those players did look sharp, and Calvert Lewin nearly scored a really nice. It's kind of flick that yeah. uh, Allison saved, which probably helped him get the three bonus points in that game. But considering that Everton are playing Norwich next, who looked pretty damn poor in their last game against that was Southampton, right? Uh, um, it was indeed. That was yeah. Danny. So, yeah, considering they're playing them next, I think we all watched that game kind of going target Norwich. Yeah, you know. So I would definitely be looking at one of GFPL strategist has. Um, Calvert-Lewin and Richardson I was talking to him the other day and I was like damn I'm pretty jealous of that uh, having both of those players playing Norwich next week It's going to be a nice uh, a nice week for any Everton kind of heavy squads especially as you said Norwich being pretty lacklustre against Southampton Danny Ings wasn't uh, wasn't the case he, he wasn't very lacklustery. My words are failing me tonight, James. But uh, yeah, no, Danny Ings uh, was the opposite of lacklustre. He fucking smashed in an 11-point return. Uh, much to the chagrin of those who free-hitted and unlimited transferred him out, uh, as you and I both did. Yeah, he was somebody who apparently, I hadn't even followed, there's too much to follow these days yeah. on Twitter. But apparently before the game, he was speaking of his hunger and uh, eagerness to get back. I was really looking forward to return and he really looked it on the day. He, he hit the bar as well. He really could have had two goals before he scored his goal. He took his goal really well, smashed it in um, and uh, got the assist as well. Um, he really could have had a ton of points. 
I remember looking at Cameron. I'm kind of lucky that I'm getting away with 11 points here. And lucky that everyone had unlimited transfers because if there was people there who didn't, surely more people would have kept him. People yeah. would have said, you know what, I, I can get loads of strikers here, double game of players. That's the only thing that probably saved, you know, me or my rank a bit more because I think he would have been in a lot more teams. But um, yeah, I, a fixture at home to Arsenal this week is not a bad fixture considering they're missing Louise, they're missing Xhaka. He went off injured, right? Uh, who else? They're missing a load of uh, players there that uh, other center half they have. They've only got like two work, two available center halves, I think, at the moment. Yeah, I don't even think uh, it would matter if they had every fucking defender in their squad. Uh, I don't. It doesn't look like they can keep. Uh, keep a clean sheet uh, at the moment. Well, I mean, I suppose that's unfair considering what they were coming out of, but based on the two performances defensively, I don't know. They're, they seem pretty kind of lacking in defense at the moment like that. So I wouldn't... Yeah, they were they were on top of the of Brighton until the end of the game. They were the better team, it looked like. Um, without yeah, creating I... too many clear-cut chances, but they... Um, yeah, they gave they gave it up. They're defensively so weak, and against a team like Southampton, I'm going like Southampton already beaten them this season, right? Yeah, I remember uh, them beating them earlier on this season without their first choice keeper. Leno really stopped them from getting a paddling against Man City. It could have been five or six. If it yeah, wasn't for he, Leno, and he's out injured. God knows for how long because that looked like a serious injury. It seems like he's probably going to miss the rest of the season now. Very he's, possible. He's quick and thick and fast. He but was knows? one of the bright sparks in my game week thirty. Well, just in terms of got a bit lucky because we mentioned I didn't get Henderson and went with Leno. I figured save points maybe and maybe a clean sheet against Brighton. Um, turns out that, as you said, great performance against City. Fucking uh, came out with a five-point return. And then tragedy struck in the first half against Brighton and off he goes with an injury. But a six-point return for any FPL uh, owners out there, I think they'll be happy. I was happy with that, you know. Five points for uh, that game against Man City is, you know, more is, is a great return. But it's just the um, the second game, which is one you were kind of probably banking on for more likely clean sheet. Uh, that was unlucky. Um, yeah. Um, but then, you know, when you're playing your bench boost, that's why you've got two keepers. So, you know, if one keeper doesn't do too well, you know, you can rely on your second keeper, right, Jer? Yeah, you can really rely on your second keeper. We'll get into that later. That was another that was uh, another sore point this week. But uh, before we move away from Arsenal, I would like to say that for all my goalkeeping decisions I made this week that went up in smoke, I did get Saka spot on and uh, delivered Saka. a nice seven points. Of course you're not noticed because you don't pay attention to anyone but yourself. You fucking you? narcissist. Yeah, that was nice. You got an assist. Um, yeah, I, I liked him. He's he's a good price point. He is um, as an enabler. If you're as if you're playing bench boost, I think Saka or it was between Saka and Enketia, Really, that was you know, the thing. I would have had one of those two. Um, and if you went with Saka, you got the decision right. Yeah, I was super happy with that. But Arsenal going forward, they do have nice fixtures, Southampton and Norwich. So, you know, the Aubameyang conundrum, I think it's pretty straightforward for me. If I was not wildcarding out of my... If I had Aubameyang in my team for game week 30 and I'm coming into Southampton away and Norwich at home and I'm not wildcarding, then I'm not getting rid of Aubameyang. I'd probably just see them out. I think uh, I'd be keeping him. Um, But... If I was like I am, well, Garden, I am getting rid of him because I'm just like I just don't want to even be looking at fucking Arsenal matches and giving a shit, Do you know? Because watching him 
play left back in the first match was frustrating enough. And then seeing him kind of had a, a pretty lively 20 minutes in the first half against Brighton, maybe could have got, got some returns and then turn into absolute uh, misery for the rest of it. That's, it's too frustrating, I think, for me personally. Yeah, he's the perfect game week player. Um, or sorry, he's the per- perfect free hit player, Aubameyang, especially in a double game week. Um, you get him in and he either bangs a lot of points and then he's out of your team. Yeah. Or, you know, he does nothing and you want to fuck him out of your team anyway and he's gone anyway. So, you know, I think he, he kind of, that was, like you said, the reason you went with um, Lundstrom because you kind of wanted him in your team again. He was a chance to do it. That was the exact same reason I went with Lundstrom over someone like Egan, who I was very close to getting, who, you know, ended up getting a red card, which uh, had a bit of schadenfreude with that. Uh, enjoy that. Yeah. Um, My Sheffield United defense, considering... Yeah, I got to triple the clean sheet, as did a lot of FPL managers uh, for the first match against Villa. Didn't turn up so well in the second match. I mean, Egan getting a red card, Lundstrom not starting, and then they all conceded three. So, you know, kind of a kick in the, in the tits. Lundstrom didn't, he did come on, you were mentioning, and picked up a nice yellow card before. Booking, yeah. Which yeah. he's done before. He, he likes to pick up a booking after he comes on to just leave his impression again. But I got like 20 points from my three Sheffield United players, which probably all averaged a price of 5 million or something like that. So I'm happy with that. You got, I think, 15 points. Yeah. So yeah, not bad for a price point. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. And I think going forward regarding Sheffield United, their fixtures, pretty tough. You know, Man United, as we've already mentioned, away this week. Game week 32, sees them at home to Spurs. Away to Burnley following that. And then Wolves at home and Chelsea at home. Away to Leicester. They're they're like fucking five tough matches, if you ask me. That was one of the main reasons why I played my free hit instead of my bench boost this week. Um, There was only four teams with double game weeks, okay? So I didn't want to load up on Sheffield United defenders because A, Henderson, who's been a star for me all season, is going to be ineligible against United in game with 31+. plus. But yeah. I didn't want... There's no real attacking options apart from really Fleck. Um, didn't really want to have double or triple defense with those fixtures coming up, like you mentioned. Same with Arsenal. Even though they've got good fixtures, can't really rely on them. I would kind of maybe have a, like a Saka as a fifth midfielder option. To load up on those... Man City, you don't know what Pep's going to do. Do you want to be double up on those? And really, yeah. apart from Aston, apart from Grealish, you don't really want anyone in Aston Villa. And you'd even make a case that you even want Grealish. So I don't want Grealish. Yeah, I, I didn't want to be bench boosting because I didn't have a wild card to get out of this. And my team looked pretty well set up for a game with 31. So I was happy to free hit because, because of the reason you said there, I don't like those fixtures for those teams go forward. Uh, and you'd be really putting a lot on just the, the double game week uh, kind of fixture. For those so i was happy to go free hit and then just revert back to my team for, for game week 31 so you mentioned game week 31 there um and as you mentioned or i got the privilege before the show of getting to see your team in all its glory and yeah like having a look at it it basically looks like a team that if I was free hitting into game week 31, this is a team I would free hit into. It's extremely solid. And as I mentioned, I am wildcard. And so this is, it is kind of a free hit for me essentially. And yeah, I think your, your team is, is super strong. What have, what have you got in store, Shannon? What's going to win you all of the trophies? Yeah. Well, look, there's a lot of good fixtures this week. Um, so like somebody else's free hit team could be completely different to this. 
but um, I've got a nice team here without making any transfers, really. The keeper position is the only position that's a bit not, not the greatest because Henderson is suspended or sorry, ineligible against United. So I've got McCarthy and goals for them. But you know what? Arsenal are rubbish, so he could still get save points or bonus points there or clean sheet. Um, also with Southampton, I have Ings against Arsenal. Ings, and they're at home, and Ings um, played so well the weekend. I've got triple Wolves against Bournemouth. Yeah. The three best players I think to have in that team, Doherty, Traore, and Jimenez. Maybe you might want Sice or someone like that instead of Traore, but certainly Doherty and Jimenez are the guys to have. And I'm considering captaining Jimenez at, at this point in time. He's, that's where my default bus team armband is at the moment. Triple Liverpool against Crystal Palace at home. Crystal Palace were pretty good in their win at the weekend, but uh, double defence, Van Dijk and Trent with Salah. If if I'm going into Liverpool with uh, against Crystal Palace this weekend, I'd want, and, I, and if I'm going in with a triple up, I'd want two of them to be defenders because I wouldn't be too sure on what kind of minutes Mane and Salah are going to get. Like, is Salah going to start and get taken off? Is he going to come on as a sub? Is Mane going to get a rest this week? Um, are they going to be as I use the word loosely, but toothless as they were against Everton? Um, and I think too, like Crystal Palace aren't known for their for their goal scoring, so. Pretty, yeah. uh, pretty, pretty safe bet on the clean sheet there. They have to be up there in the in the highest odds for that. I think so. I think if it was um, at Sellers Park, it might be a bit more of a tough game because you know the crowd at Sellers Park can get behind. Well, there's no crowd there. There's crowds there anymore. So there is no crowd. Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, I think the double defenses and one attacker, whichever attacker you go with, would be the way to go. But seeing as Salah was fully rested and he was on the bench, so he was available to come off. So he supposedly. Somewhat fit. I think he'd be okay by the weekend. Anyway, those are the three I have. So then I've got Fernandez, who's a staple uh, of the team. De Bruyne, staple of the team. Calvert-Loon against Norwich away. And um, as I said, Ings at home to Arsenal, which isn't, which immediately wasn't the greatest one. I actually had him on the bench until, you know, in my, when I was setting my bus team, I had Lascelles. I have Lascelles first on the bench at home mm-hmm. to Aston Villa because I think uh, Newcastle at home are just very strong. Don't really want to bench him. I may play him over Traore if I think Traore is not going to start. Um, yeah, so, yeah. But I got to play Ings. He's just in such good form. Now, the other teams that you may want to have if you were free hitting are like Leicester players. Yeah, you know, no. Players. You mentioned there like that. They're, I haven't got coverage for. Yeah, you mentioned that there is quite a few options there available if you were free hitting this week. As you said, Leicester home match against Brighton. Brighton will be buoyed from the three points they picked up against Arsenal. But, you know, Leicester will be looking to kind of probably get a bit... secure spot, like. Yeah, they do. And they'll be a bit sickened that they lost the three points uh, so soon after kind of taking the lead against Watford uh, in the last game week. So Leicester assets, though, like I watched the Watford match. I had Harry Barnes before the double game week, before the, you know, the break. So I did transfer him out this week. So I was kind of, you know, particularly interested in how, how stung I was going to be with the players that I abandoned. And Harry Barnes didn't look to have the most kind of fruitful of days in the sun. But going forward, Brighton at home, Everton away, Crystal Palace, the likes of Jamie Vardy. You've got a cheap defensive option in Justin, who did start. People were kind of assuming he'd replace the injured Pereira. 4.7, it's a, I think it's the cheapest way into the to the Leicester defence right now. I'm pretty sure Sayonko is back up, like up by nearly yeah, five. I think Evans might be close to the same price, is he? 
pretty yeah. handy though for a fullback. I think you'd kind of, he looks, you know, the potential of attacking returns are there with him. Um, so going forward, like I'm not overly convinced in Leicester assets right now. I think Harvey Barnes is a nice price point. I think the likes of Justin is a nice price point. But in regards of in regards to like Vardy, he hasn't scored since game with Katie. You know? Yeah, and when you consider you could get um, Marcus Rashford, who's you know got to be in you know like he's got to be okay. Yeah, he didn't he didn't play particularly well against Spurs. He was very far out left the entire game. Didn't really get too involved. But we know what he can do when he's on it, and you've got to think he's going to be up for it, especially with this whole um, you know social media campaign that he's been doing to try and get boots for kids in school and stuff like that. He's got to be on a high at the moment, so I think it's only going to be a matter of time before he's banging in goals. So if you mm-hmm. could have, if I could have a wild card to have him or Vardy, I definitely think I'd rather Rashford mm-hmm. just because the price of Vardy is, well, he's excellent and he's the top goal scorer in the league, I think, isn't he? Um, yeah, is he still is. Yeah, so yeah. A small bit off-putting. So I could totally see, and I think at the start of this game week, before the United game, people were looking at, hey, Harry Kane, great game for Harry Kane. He looked miles off the pace in the United game, so I don't think anyone's looking at him anymore. Well, while we're on Spurs and we talked about assets outside of the the obvious um, coming into game week thirty one, and while we're on Spurs, they have they didn't like they didn't uh, look too too weak against United. It was hard to tell, like for me in the Spurs match because it was basically Mourinho doing what Mourinho does and setting up a really like once they got the the goal, it was basically just here we go, uh, we will defend and try break us down. Do you know that kind of way? Uh, yeah, but United like, were much the better team until the goal. Yeah, I think that what they just kind of those water breaks can break up the momentum. United were kind of starting to get on top. Water breaks need to break momentum. Then they scored, set United back. It took them a while. They looked much better finishing off the game. A lot stronger in the second half of the game. But do but you think I, that like there's anything from Spurs that we should be looking at? I mean, Bergwijn continuing a bit of a run of form, and then you have the likes of Son who's back from his injury. You know, they're we know the only what. Thing I'd maybe consider Bergwijn, um for his price. Out. Yeah, but there has been comments made that you know Rini would have been was saying he what I don't know how many minutes he got before he came off seventy yard, but I think he would have come off sooner had he had options on the bench like yeah. Mora or Ali who were suspended and injured for the last game. They'll be back for the next game. He actually mentioned that he looked at the bench and there was no Mora. If he had Mora, it might have been might have lasted as long. So. I don't know, Bergwijn, I think, because he scored, will probably start this next game, but yeah. I don't know if it's going to continue to start, and that's I don't want to be transferring a player who's a potential worry. Um, Ali, uh, he played well when Mourinho first got here, hasn't really played too great since, hasn't looked that threatening. Son would be the player I want, but again, you got to look at the price, and I think I would rather have Fernandez or and Pogba yeah. than Son. Till I saw You'd rather have Pogba than Son? I think I'd rather have Fernandes and Pogba than Son right now, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, as I said, I said it a while ago. Pogba, yeah. I don't know how he's... I'd rather take one more game to decide between the two. We've only seen one game. Yeah. So I think... I'd rather Pogba at least starts the game before I yeah. think about transferring them in. Yeah, I, that's why I'm rolling my transfer this week. I'm just going to keep McCarthy in goals. I don't really want to bother using a transfer on a keeper here at this age. Just go with McCarthy in goals against Arsenal. See if he keeps a clean sheet. Um, that way, I'll have two transfers for game week 32. And yeah. that will allow me to decide if I want to go for Rashford, Martial, or Pogba. Definitely going to get one of those. 
Um, if I go for like some like Rashford, I could go for Sun as well. It gives me time to look at Sun. Excuse yeah. me, option. There is, and I think that is the, as we mentioned earlier, it is kind of the biggest advantage of United at the moment is that their assets are are quite uh, attainable. Um, so you know, with that in mind, it, it seems quite obvious that the likes of Manchester United, Wolves, going forward, they're kind of the teams that we're looking at. Everton. Uh, they're in there a bit as well. They're, they're decent fixtures, and then you have like the likes of Newcastle giving you cheap options. They have three nice fixtures: Aston Villa, Bournemouth, West Ham, all before City. With the likes of Lascelles coming in at four point three, Hayden four point four. There's your bench fodder right there. If you're kind of wild card into this week or or whatever, um, and then you know as we mentioned, Wolves look uh, look pretty tasty right now. Him and his delivered his uh, his one goal this week. I mean, I could use my transfer this week and get rid of Henderson and I could play my bench boost this week, you know, if I was that confident in uh, Newcastle's fixtures. Hayden got an assist this week. Did you see that? I did, yeah. He had seven you points on your bench. Well. You should have, see, the issue is you probably should have played your bench boost last week. <laughs> well, I mean, I know you free it, didn't it? I should have played my bench boost last week without making any transfers. But the problem is we had unlimited transfers, so that was never going to happen. I worked it out. I would have got... um. 102 points, which is one point less than what I got had I made no transfers last week. And I yes. captained the final, which I certainly would have, because um, he was my only double game player. Um, I think that's too disappointing. Like you, you did mention that, and I couldn't, I don't have the balls to look up what points I would have got if I didn't, you know, completely rip up my team and destroy my team value. Even though, you know, I held on to the, the ones I'd invested the most assets, assets in, I definitely lost uh, at least a, a few bob. And the likes of, you know, Doherty, who I'm getting straight back into my team, you know, that I got him at 6.2. That's a point one, just down the fucking drain, you know, things like that. Um, but those are, the, those are the things I loved about this week, by the way, just kind of knowing that people had gotten rid of players, you know, for one week, thinking they're going to get them back, moving out the likes. Oh, no, I moved out like Fernandez and I moved out Trent and they, they returned. Um, but knowing that people had sold things, knowing that people had sold Doherty and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe even sold uh, Jimenez. Um, I knew that was kind of, I don't know if that was my highlight. That kind of hurt that was caused, but I was like, ah, you know. I think my highlight for me this week was just getting my captain decision right. And my highest point scorer this week was my captain. But that Doherty assist, knowing that that was going to get him the three bonus as well, that was a sweet moment. Yeah, there was a few, there was a definitely a, a few bits and bobs. I think Maris's returns this week will have delighted Manny because, you know, there would have been a few that went with Sterling in the first fixture and been, you know, for the, Sterling for the double game week and after the first fixture, they're all thinking, oh, well, there you go, 10 points in the bag. This is exactly what he's capable of and he's got a, a plump fixture against Burnley. Uh, but alas, that was not to be. I guess we will wrap it up there, folks, nice and early this week. I think we've given a good rundown of the damage that game week 30 has caused us and the damage that game week 31 is sure to follow it i would like to apologize for any audio issues if there was some tonight i'm going to do my best in post-production to to get rid of that shit but uh i know the connection was the greatest i do wish you an enjoyable game week 31 i'm going to spend the next couple of hours basically getting my wild card in shape and uh yeah who knows where it goes from there seamus yeah yeah well i hope your eyes were green and i hope for the rest of the season God bless.